You're listening to Music Growth Talks, the podcast for musicpreneurs, with Andrew Apanov. Hello, hello everyone, Andrew Apanov here, you're listening to Music Growth Talks, and today's episode is with Sean Wilson, the founder and CEO of Mazuka. If you haven't read the title of this episode, then it's M-U-Z. Double O K A for the company title. Uh, you can find a link to uh, the website, which is actually just mazuka.com, and everything else we'll be talking about here in the show notes at datamusic.com. Just as a reminder, uh, Mazuka is a company I had been hearing about from different people for other year than at uh, Amsterdam Dance Events in 2017. I saw them winning the 10 companies to watch competition. And then I met Sean at uh, Slush Music, uh, so finally we had a chance to chat and set up a call for uh, these very podcast episodes. Um, I'm thrilled to share it with you today, and uh, there are just two things I want to tell you about uh, this uh, app before we get there. First, even for, I believe it started as a B2C company, after pivoting it repositioned itself as a B2B solution, and Sean even mentions during the interview that it's not a public consuming brand. Uh, there is a lot of huge ticketing platforms, venues, festivals using them, but it's fully white labeled, and uh, despite having numerous partners on board and tons of artist profiles, more on which later on the show, and despite playing a vital role in the live music industry, Mazuka walks behind the scenes and it's probable that you have not heard of them yet, hence the title of the show. I'm not saying that none of you have heard of Mazuka, but uh, today you are going to learn how this app can help you grow specifically. And the second thing is that it's a free app, and uh, Sean also mentions it at the end of our conversation, that they are not going to be charging music artists. They surely do earn money somehow, which is important both for them and anyone relying on the platform, but it's a different business model here, which is great news for you musicians, uh, because there is no hidden agenda in getting you signed up. Now, if I caught your attention and if you want to learn more on how they can help you ensure your brand assets don't get mixed up on venue websites and so on, and also help you submit a playlist to your uh, performing rights organization through a messenger bot. Listen on. Sean, welcome to Music Growth Talks. Uh, excited to have you on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. Looking forward to it. To start with, do you mind just sharing a bit on your personal background and how you ended up in the music world? Yeah, for sure. Well, I'm, I've been building you know tech companies since the very early 2000s, so about 18 years. I sort of, the first companies that I got into were actually involved in sort of the, the finance tech space, the fintech industry, eventually got involved in some social networking businesses that I had started. And you know, I've had a lifelong passion and interest in the music industry. Tragically, I can't sing or play any instruments, um, but I've always um, been very you know, interested and connected. I've been connecting, uh, collecting vinyl long before, you know, hipsters thought it was cool. So it's always sort of been something that I've been very passionate about. I honestly never thought 
that I would actually build anything in the industry. And while the story is very long in terms of how I got into it, I always like to go back to 2015 and I was spending a bunch of time in Nashville and we got to know guys running a lot of the cool venues um, off Broadway, guys doing some of the programming for the Bonnaroo Festival. And what they were looking for really was a more artist friendly, um, you know, easier to use sort of vetting tool than some of the current utilities that were out there. Mm-hmm. So we literally started to head down a path of building an app that, in all honesty, I probably wouldn't have invested in because we were just making an incremental improvement on something that already existed. And I've been a fairly active tech investor now for about the last five, six years. And, but we had this notion that if we built, you know, an application and we, you know, asked a lot of dumb questions, which we're, I'm inherently very good at, and we maintained being good listeners, we could eventually solve a problem much bigger that no one had thought of before. And so what happened is a bunch of folks started to use this application, a bunch of large festivals. One of those large festivals called us and they were like, hey, look, the app that you've built is kind of cool. I have to ask you about that artist page that you built as part of this vetting model. Is there any way that we could take that and use it to build the lineup inside of our website? And so again, being very good at asking dumb questions, I turned and said, well, yeah, we'd love to work with you on a bigger scale, but why do you need that? And that's when they responded and said, we actually figure it might take 100, maybe 200 hours to program a lineup of 150 acts and getting all of those emails from agents and managers with you know, images, videos, social links, et cetera. Inevitably, we get in trouble because somebody on the team will go and Google and grab an old image, an incorrect image, or there's last minute changes. And so there's a lot of back and forth. Yeah. So it's actually kind of surprised by all of this. And so we ended up spending a bunch of time talking to other festivals, venues. And then we even got into like, you know, going and talking to agents, managers, radio networks, ticketing companies, and sort of asking, hey, is this like a problem for you as well? So today, Mazooka does two things. We're an asset management utility that basically takes this information. And in a totally white label fashion, we're not trying to build a public consumer brand. We can integrate all of this information directly inside of a festival, ticketing companies, radio networks, et cetera, as a byproduct of all the data that we capture, whether it's our ticketing partners where we're grabbing every single live show event through Ticketmaster, Eventbrite, C-Tickets, and the list goes on, including the conferences that we've worked with, including South by Southwest, ADE, coming very soon, uh, Canadian Music Week. We're able to aggregate all of that data and basically validate to performing right organizations or collecting societies, whoever you want to call them. And we're able to automate the process to validate that a show happened. And then we basically connect that information to the artist the same way we do with our asset management utility. And now in a matter of seconds, artists have the ability to basically go in, pick the songs that they played from the previous night, click submit, and everything's basically been validated and sent off to those organizations. So it's really just two things. We're an asset management utility and we're a set list reporting system. Asset, asset management utility uh, sounds really fancy. I, <laughs> I like the title. No, it does make sense. I'm just trying to also rephrase it maybe slightly that whenever anyone goes on a website for a festival and sees the lineup and can click on an artist and sees the social media links and basic information such as uh, photos or videos and the bio, it's very probable that it's been powered by you, right? Yeah. No, well, well said, exactly. 
And uh, uh, what, what scale are we talking about here? Because the power of what you've created is not just in the technology from what I see, but in these connections and the partnerships that you've established. Because it's not, you're not just, uh, it's a common theme for many music startups I've seen. is They're just uh, walking in their own small bubbles and imagining how they will change the industry. But if you want to make a change, you really need to work with existing players and oftentimes the traditional companies or organizations such as PROs and so on. So how many partners you are working with right now, approximately? Yeah, yeah that, that, that's a good question. And I totally agree with that too. As someone, again, who explores you know, the tech and even the music tech space looking for investments, you're, you're often right. There's really great ideas out there and some people are executing on those ideas. But at the end of the day, you need to forge partnerships and create something that's valuable enough that you know, larger players in the industry are going to be interested in. And really from a business development perspective, we've taken a very much a top-down you know, strategy. Mizuka works from a asset management side and from a set list reporting side. It works for a brand new band that started six months ago, and it works for the biggest acts in the world and really everybody in between. But what we did out of the gate once we realized these are two massive problems that we can solve we really started to go after larger partners. Mm-hmm. We've worked with a lot of major festivals, you know, Amsterdam Dance Event being one of them, you know, major conferences like South by Southwest and Canadian Music Week. As far as uh, other industry partners, we are completely 100% live today with SOCAN, the Canadian PRO. We're live with Buma. We've done a bunch of work now with Gemma. We're also in the process uh, of working with Sabam, the Belgian Society. Almost every other Euro- European society were in some level of discussion. And as far as the Americans go, can't disclose yet, but one of those big guys is going to be coming on board very soon. And we're very excited exciting. about that. That's exciting yeah. indeed. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. As far as other partners as well on the asset management side, we're working uh, with the largest radio network in the world, iHeart. They have an incredible team over there. You know, People have become very good friends and we're doing a lot of great things. We have some big announcements coming very soon with iHeart. And as far as ticketing companies that we've um, started to partner with uh, as it relates to data aggregation, Eventbrite, C-Tickets, and the entire Ticketmaster suite, which includes, you know, TicketWeb, FrontGate, Universe, et cetera. And just as a reference point, we don't shy away from sort of sharing this number despite you know, a lot of startups doing so. Um, we actually have an artist database now of 100, a little north of 186,000 artists in our system. So, we're not just starting out here. We've got a very large database of some of the biggest acts in the world, and we're excited that it continues to grow. And so about the database, since you mentioned, so mainly it's been, uh, you've been aggregating the data or the artist management, so the artists themselves have been uh, submitting the data. And by the way, this is not the last kind of silly question I may ask you today, but <laughs> yeah, how, the, uh, how, how this process has been going exactly with collecting yeah. the data? Well, no, sometimes the silly questions are the best ones. Yeah, so this is, these are artists and their management coming in and basically creating their profiles. One thing that we do that's actually fairly unique is we wanted to figure out how we could validate that everyone is the right, basically the right people inside of our system. We don't need a bunch of fake Metallica pages or Foo Fighters or Adele, you know, et cetera. So what we decided to do is the only way that you can actually create an account inside of Mazooka is actually with Facebook. And the only reason we use it is just to prove that you're actually connected to that team. We don't care about your friends list. We're not ever going to touch your wall. Again, we're not building a public facing consumer 
you know, product. Consumers will touch our product, especially as that data gets integrated into festival ticketing, radio networks, et cetera. But we're not trying to build that public end of things. So for example, facebook.com slash Adele is her official verified page. It exists inside of Mazuka as mazuka.com slash Adele. And only the administrators of her official Facebook page have the ability to come in and basically update those assets and then actually file and report set list. It kills a couple of birds with one stone in the sense that if you and I are actually part of Adele's management team and maybe we've got two or three other people, we don't have to email each other and go, what was our username and password on Mazuka? We simply connect with Facebook and boom, we get in. Another really big value point is if you're part of a larger management company and you might manage five, 10, maybe 30 artists, you might be like the head of marketing. In fact, one of the largest management companies in the world came into our system about six months ago and nearly 100 accounts basically all showed up just by connecting with their own personal Facebook account because they happen to be administrators. And so that actually ties in to how we do the set list reporting. So I might as well just kind of touch on that for half a second. Basically, what we do then is because we know all of those people are the right people, we've actually created a Facebook Messenger bot to do the set list reporting. It's a lot easier to show when we're doing visually, but from from an audio perspective, I'll try and be as descriptive as possible. You'll get a notification now because, again, using the example, you and I are part of Adele's management, and she played a show last night at Madison Square Garden, for example. We get a notification the next day saying, hey, Adele played a show last night. Would you like to report your set list? Yes. You can individually go in and pick the songs. You can use last set list or you can use last set list with edits and just go in and it literally takes seconds. And then all of that data has just been submitted directly to the PRO. So Facebook actually plays sort of a role in those two sides. We wanted to do the Facebook Messenger thing because it's so efficient. And then people don't have to install yet another application. I mean, nobody wants more apps on their phone, especially for sort of a single purpose. So it's one of the reasons that we, uh, that we actually built that in. But yeah, as far as the database goes, that's how managers come in. That's how the database has been built. And that's how all of that content come into our system. Yeah. Thank you for explaining and sharing. I was definitely going to ask you about the messenger. Uh, another smart um, entrepreneurial idea here. You definitely winning here when using the messenger bot instead of launching a separate app and uh, sending a reminder. I think this is brilliant. So you send a message asking for the set list to a person uh, connected to the artist's account because i mean it's so easy to forget about these things and people in the industry even with things that are related to income and uh, if uh, a person has a financial interest things related to metadata submitting information they are always being forgotten so what how you are doing it uh it seems really practical especially yes once again it's because it can be done from a phone so you consider how people in the industry actually um, well do things and this is the life uh, the world of life music is quite chaotic and um, and random at times so this is good and th- there is one related question uh, question related to everything you just mentioned how or is there a sort of call to action to artists listening to us right now so is there a benefit to going to Mizuka and uh, signing up and creating an artist profile yeah absolutely I mean first and foremost you know, the biggest advantage is getting paid when you play your music live. When you play your own compositions live, there's a huge amount of money there. Globally, 
there's about a billion dollars every year that is collected and not properly distributed to artists that play their shows. And so with education and with a very simple utility that can basically tell a PRO, we know that this band played, we know the location, we know the price of the ticket, we know where they were in the order of the lineup, because of course a headliner is naturally going to get compensated more than an opening act. We have all of that data. All the artist needs to do is go in and actually submit their set list. And there's meaningful money on the table. I'll use the Canadian system just as an example. On the very low end, if you play a show where there's a $6 ticket or a $6 door charge, and Mizuka has the data to prove and validate that to SOCAN, there's $75 on the table. And that's gas money that gets you to the next town. If you're the headliner, you're going to get $50. If you're the opening act, you're going to get $25. Now, if it takes 20 to 30 minutes to prove that you played that show, which most PROs, that's how long it does take to go and do that. And in their defense, what they're trying to mitigate is, is fraud. People basically claiming they played yeah, a bunch of shows yeah, that yeah. they didn't do. So is there an advantage to coming into Mizuka? You're going to get your share of that billion-dollar pie globally that you are, you are legally entitled to. I say this often publicly. No one's corrected me, so maybe I'm actually, maybe I'm actually right about this statement. But I believe live dollar distribution. So PRO collected money from venues and promoters and the distribution of those dollars is the largest and the biggest financial issue in the music industry that does not require legislation reform. So you can be an artist today and say, hey, I wish I was getting more from a streaming service. I wish I was getting more advertising dollars from video that's being played inside of YouTube and Facebook. Some of those, you have to go and fight these things. You have to go to parliament. You have to go to Congress and actually change laws so that these rates go higher. In this case, this money is being collected pretty efficiently, and there's no easy way from a distribution perspective. And again, I'm not here to completely defend the PROs. There's work that they could have done, but in their defense, they're, again, trying to mitigate fraud. And, you know, big component of it, and this is sort of what I really want to share with the music community, and it's a big part about what Mizuka does, is artists need to know, A, if you write music, make sure you're registering these compositions with, you know, whatever PRO in your yeah, country. Yeah. If you're in the exactly. U.S., you've got, four to, you've got four to choose one right now. If you happen to get invited to Irving Azoff's Global Music Rights, make sure you register your composition. And you might be very surprised to hear this. There is meaningful money even when you play a small bar and you're an opening act for someone and it's a $6 ticket using the SOCAN example. You need to go and explore what those rules are in your country. Sometimes you don't even need a price of the ticket. Sometimes the ticket price needs to be a little bit higher. It's different for every country and every organization. But these things are really, really important. There's meaningful money. It's gas money to get to the next town as you're going on a tour. And it's the thing that I'm very excited about. There were a bunch of bands that I met when I was in Nashville in 2015, bands that are very big today. And they were like, man, if we had this system, you know, three years ago, it would have just been a total game changer. And some of these guys were playing big venues. And I'm going, there's like 100, 150, 200, sometimes $500 on the table from a PRO for playing your, your song live. So that's, that's number one. The asset management side is really big. If today you want to control your assets inside of conferences, festivals, radio networks, making sure that that you know, photo shoot that you spent money on, the exact social links that you want to use, the latest video that you want to start promoting, Mizuka is that utility as well. 
Yeah, and uh, if you if you don't provide the right uh, assets, the wrong one will be used in uh, 70, 80 percent of the time, as practice shows. Especially if you've got a lot of outdated photos in Google Images search and so on. So it's it's really it's so easy to get these things mixed up and uh, and which can badly affect the branding of an artist and so on. So that part is clear as well. And yeah. I, to sum up, I was going to say the same. It goes without saying, but we have to say that, that an artist who has performed at least at one show or going to perform live, they have to register with PRO, Performing Writers Organization, locally. Choose one if there is uh, a number available like in the United States and register the songs. And yeah, just everything, just as you mentioned, this is a crucial part. And then, yeah, the thing that the fact that you are helping artists collect the money that's and theirs already in a way is uh, is really impressive so uh, i'm just glad that uh, you ended up with this product and uh, yeah so where exactly uh, just for those uh, artists on the go right now who just want to get started right away can you spell out the url for the websites where they can find out more and sign up yeah absolutely so it's Mazuka. It's a totally goofy name, but it's M U Z or Z, depending on which country you're in. O O K A dot com. It's like music with a bazooka attached to it, if you will. So yeah, M U Z O O K A dot com. All of our social handles are exactly the same thing. Instagram, you know, Facebook, Twitter is just slash Mazuka. M U Z O O K A. So it's it's quite unique. No one else came up with this. Personally, like I'm, I, I love the name. I think it's a bit mad, <laughs> but it's absolutely brilliant. <laughs> so it's cool that you. I mean, at least you own it on all social media platforms. So that's unique. Um, there you go. So anything else uh, the artists need to know before they proceed? I mean, you've already shared everything. Oh, I mean, the core information about how it works. But yeah, if there is any specific deeper recommendation, maybe you see that people who uh, create artist profiles make uh, mistakes quite sure. frequently. Sure. Well, I mean, number one, one thing we haven't touched base on is Mazuka will never cost artists money to use ever. We decided that from day one. I actually don't understand why so many, you know, startups in the music space decide to go after, you know, artists right out of the gate. Yes, we have some of the biggest acts in the world using this system. They can afford it. But we just decided right across the board. So whether it's the band you and I started six months ago or it's the Foo Fighters, artists will not pay to use the system. In terms of some sort of tips and recommendations, especially for up-and-coming artists, you know, I'm not an A&R and I'm not a professional as it relates to that part of the business. But the one thing that I've heard so much, you know, over the years as it relates to industry people and how they vet out, you know, bands, obviously you have to have great songs. I mean, that everyone knows that. It all goes down to having a really great song and repertoire that people are going to be interested in. But live video, there's just no excuse. You have to prove to people that you can kick butt on stage. And you can now with, you know, people having, you know, the best cameras they've ever had in their lives are attached to their phones and sitting in their pockets. You can shoot this, you know, have a friend shoot a video. So if you're an up and coming band, you know, live content is something that is is I've heard continually over and over and over again. But past that, you know, building your Mazuka profile, click once with Facebook, you're going to have a bunch of information that's going to come over. You'll go in, put in whatever social links you want, the exact imagery that you want, and, you know, throw up at least two videos. 
you know, throw up the one that you've got that you've spent money on. It's actually, you know, your, your latest or your best single. And, and if you can throw a live one in, it's a really great way. If you happen to be one of those acts that's going to make a Lollapalooza lineup or, you know, a Bonnaroo, Coachella, Glastonbury, whatever, one of my favorite parts that we solved as a company and being, you know, a sort of self-proclaimed music geek is I can actually figure out who's the bottom half of a lineup. You know, the first four or five rows, everybody knows who all those people are. They're huge stars. But when people want to plan their day out, and maybe they're actually going to show up at one in the afternoon versus four or five to wait for some of the bigger acts to go. A great way for you to sell yourself, A, have your best music, but show a video of you just kicking butt on stage. That's going to attract people to be like, great, I am going to show up early. And it's a great thing for the festivals and for the venues because getting people to show up earlier just means, you know, more concessions and beer, et cetera, you know, that's being sold. So that's my big recommendation. It's actually one of my favorite parts about discovering, you know, new acts. Again, you want the music to be great, but you really want to get a good sense of how great these people are live. And some bands are amazing to see live. So that's my main recommendation for the uh, for the artist community. It's a perfect one. Uh, I can't agree more. So thank you for sharing that. And uh, yeah, so that's, uh, I, I don't even have to add more. It's a really important marketing and uh, kind of growth advice. This uh, is very much in the theme of uh, of this show. So uh, thank you for everything you've shared uh, with us today. I'm looking forward to the developments for the developments of the platform. So we're recording this show at the kind of in the middle of the end of uh, April. Once it's out uh, to everyone listening to us, I just recommend checking out the you know Twitter news section of the website for the latest news and uh, keeping an eye on what you do because you are. Uh, it's it's interesting how like the, the the impact and influence of what you do increases all the time but because you walk behind the scenes many musicians for example in the industry may not necessarily be aware of you just yet so this is important to what you do is 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 really important keep it up and um yeah thank you for uh being on the show today yeah thanks it was, uh, it was a lot of fun appreciate it Thanks, Sean, and everyone for listening. Check out Mazuka and No Brainer here, mazuka.com. And let us know if you have any questions in the comments on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and so on. By the way, please let me know uh, what you use for listening to podcasts. We are going to submit the show to more platforms very soon. Uh, it's be great to know what your preferences are. Email me at andrew at wispin.com. CO uh, with uh, any thoughts on that I will greatly appreciate your feedback and please consider becoming my patron at only one dollar per month to access special patron only podcast episodes and lessons and to support music growth talks at patreon.com forward slash Andrew thanks a lot for listening and till next time you've been listening to music growth talks with Andrew Apanov find more episodes and subscribe at musicgrowthtalks.com.